movies in 4K. Welcome to episode 45, Christmas Eve here on Movies in 4K. I am Bill Shetty. I'm Lady Phantom, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and we have a hearty and wholesome episode lined up for you today. Right, Phantom? Right. And I'm going to make you wane around to the end of the show because we have another release coming out very soon. So stay tuned at the end of our full-length episode this time. Breaking news, Lady Phantom, what do you got? I got something in Singapore. <laughs> so there's a restaurant that will be the first ever to serve lab-grown chicken for 23 bucks. Imagine nice. that. Yeah. This was just updated on the 20th, so it's really, really recent. There's this startup. It's called Eat Just. It's a U.S. startup. But it will make its debut, its historic debut, at a restaurant called 1880 in Singapore after the country's agency approved the sale of cultured meat. It will be the first cultured meat sold and served at a restaurant because this is not like the Beyond Meat and stuff that is plant-based. This is actually made from chicken cells. They will be serving a trio of sample dishes, which will be bao bun with crispy sesame cultured chicken and spring onion, phyllo puff pastry with cultured chicken and black bean puree, and a crispy maple waffle with cultured chicken with spices and hot sauce. And it will cost about $23. And How this is that? good news. Why? <laughs> because... That way, I mean, they can produce cultured chicken, which has already been deemed safe by the respective authorities there in Singapore and everything. It will not cost an arm and a leg, and they don't have to kill more chickens. Chickens cost an arm and a leg? They're the cheapest no, no, no. bird there is. No, I don't mean that. It's just that, you know, like how other meats like plant-based and everything, they are more expensive than normal but here, they don't have to grow more chickens and kill them. They can just produce the meat itself for grow sale. Grow chickens? You make it sound like they're putting well, them in a... Well, raise chickens. Uh, ...beaker or something. <laughs> All right. Very interesting, Phantom. And, um, and, and faster, because the, the whole process takes two weeks as opposed to 45 days, like a month and a half, to grow an actual chicken, so... All right, I'm keeping it nice and light this week. This is like a little Christmas miracle, I want to call it. Ooh, do tell. Some woman in Australia was at a store, and it was one of them stores that you have to spend so much to use a credit card or debit card. It's almost like, you know, Amazon, you got to spend 35 to get free shipping. Well, apparently there's certain stores there where you can't just go in and buy a pack of gum on a debit card or credit card. It's got to be so much. So whether it's $20 or $50, whatever it is at this store. So she came up short, and what was right there by the register 
was lottery tickets. Oh. So for $1, so she could get her transaction approved, basically, she bought a lottery ticket, never had gambled ever in her life before, and won $10,000. Wow. That's cool. And as a gambler myself, that sickens me. (laughs) I mean, we're waiting for them big hits, and you go years on end and never get a hit like that. So that just goes to show you, and that's unbelievable, isn't it? That's pretty cool. I remember a time when, I mean, I remember not being able to use a credit card if I didn't spend a certain amount in certain stores. It wasn't so long ago. That's what happened here to this lady in Australia. Oh, so good. Merry Christmas to her. Yes, and that's a little bit of a miracle. Viva Las Vegas! Okay. Keeping it nice and fresh and PG-ish. We're going with Honeymoon in Vegas for our Las Vegas movie coverage this week from 1992. And who stars in this one, Phantom? Nicholas Cage, Sarah Jessica Parker, and James Caan. Well, and Pat Morita, very quickly. Three of my really good actors to me people i really like enjoy you like watching. sarah jessica parker yeah she's oh. sexy as could be that oh. wow so you must like sex and the city then. never seen it once <laughs> me either <laughs> i seen her around this time and maybe a little bit before when there was some other big stars growing up around the same time but no that sex in the city i'd never watched yeah that. I'll give you that she had or has or both, I don't know, a great body. I will give you that. Well, and some of the most famous men thought so too. And I know you thought this guy was really a hunk, was John F. Kennedy Jr. she dated. Yes, I mean, she was very handsome. The guy who played Iron Man, what's his name? Robert Downey Jr.? Dated him and actually lived with him for a while, but she ended up marrying Matthew Broderick, who yeah. was a child star too. And I think they're still married, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yes, they're still together. What we have here is Nicolas Cage in a hospital with his mother on her deathbed, basically. And she doesn't want him to ever get married. She says... <laughs> I'm the only woman that you would ever need. Now, he don't know she's going to die here, but, I mean, she's really sick. And she's just this really demanding mother. Yeah, she's played by by Anne Bancroft. I forgot to mention that. Yes, and she wants him to make a promise that he'll never get married, and he's just, I can't do this and all this. Well, she ends up passing away. This isn't a spoiler. It happens a minute into the movie. And she passes away, and then he says after she's dead, oh, okay, I'll never get married. But anyway, he's he's hung up on this. And the movie jumps ahead four years in time, and he's dating Sarah Jessica Parker. And he's a private investigator going after basically cheating husbands. And wives. Yeah, so he sees firsthand how marriage is. And Sarah Jessica Parker really wants to get married and there's some scenes in here but it keeps going on and she's like fed up she almost gives him an ultimatum she's like she wants to get married and you got to make a choice i'm tired of dating she wants kids and he's really hesitant through all this so not to lose her 
he comes up with, let's go to Las Vegas and get married. Yeah, because what could possibly happen? Yes, because Vegas is the number one destination to get married because you don't need blood tests or anything else. You can go and be married within an hour after you get your license and go to a chapel. So they check in at Bally's, mm-hmm. which is still there. And, you know, they're going along. You see them walking around and stuff like that. Well, James Kahn is a whale that comes in at the same time as them. He sets up Nicolas Cage by offering him $1,000 to enter this poker tournament. Now, Cage has no idea what's going on. He thinks he's getting comp this and stuff like that, that the Bally's is so generous and stuff like this. Yeah. But there's a side plot. James Kahn is fascinated with um, Sarah Jessica Parker. She looks just like his deceased Dead wife. wife. Uh-huh. So he's immediately struck with her. So they play this poker game, and it's so interesting because Sarah Jessica Parker is so ready to get married, and he keeps putting it off. He's putting it off. I think for about five years, he's got so many excuses. And he says, no, I got this free tournament and let me just do this and then we'll go get married. She has a bad feeling about this and that's what happens. Nicholas Cage gets sucked in by James Caan. And the last thing I really want to describe with this story is that Cage loses money and he owes Khan, and he's like this big, well-to-do whale, sort of mob type, too. Mm-hmm. You feel like he's in the underground world, even though they don't go into that. But Khan ends up saying, okay, instead of giving me money, let me have your wife for a weekend. Sort of like indecent proposal. Your fiancé. Your fiancé. Betsy, by the way. Betsy, correct. Which I thought was a bad name for her. Yeah, it's like it doesn't fit her. She's not a Betsy. I know. (laughs) So this transpires, and then there's escapades with him regretting it and stuff like that. And uh, James Caan whisks her off to Hawaii, and they spend time. And funnily enough, she's actually, like, she starts being cool with it. How do you want to put it, Phantom? Like, she's not so against it because she sees he's a kind of a decent guy. Yeah, because at the beginning, she is completely against it and she is furious. But then James Caan seduces her, really, and she starts to warm up to him. It's not like she's completely cool with it, but she starts to to warm up to right. him. She's and not enamored with him like Indecent Proposal, Debbie uh-huh. Moore with Robert Redford. Right? Yeah, but still, I thought it was too much of a 180. Like, suddenly... She's okay with it after she was so furious. Yeah, but she wasn't romantically into him or nothing like that, though. She no, was just no. trying to make the best of the situation, I would say. Yeah, but then there are things, you know, that tell you, like, really? Really? But, oh, well, whatever. So we have this. Cage goes back to New York. That's where they live and can't get a hold of each other and... You know, he's trying to find her. He goes to Hawaii, and that's all I want to leave it at. Yeah. Yeah, because it is the a feel is good comedy romantic movie, in yeah. my opinion. 
Yes. It's light on the romance, but it is in there. Yeah, it's as you said. It's like indecent proposal, but light and funnier. Yeah. I mean. Because this is during Elvis week. Oh, <laughs> my another goodness. One. Yes. And we also had Bruno Mars in this. Bruno Mars, seven years, years old. old. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> and we have all sorts of different Elvises in this movie. Yeah. And I love the ending to this movie, too. Like, it, it is so cool. It is cool. The flying Elvis. <laughs> oh, that that's just hilarious. Okay. The Vegas parts, basically, right on Flamingo. Again, we got all sets were done inside Bally's Casino and on the grounds, and you can see the outskirts there. You do get a fly over here and there, and then you do get once... <laughs> Yes. Nicholas Cage transporting downtown when he's running to stop this helicopter, and then somehow he ends up downtown. That's nowhere near. I know. But that's what you get. And I would say it's a good 50-50 mix because you get 50% Vegas, then you get the opening scenes in New York, and then you get the, the, Hawaii. the Hawaii footage. Which is very pretty. So it's a good 50-50. And the ending, it's feel good. I mean... Because James Kahn, even though he's a con artist and he's rich and everything, I don't know if this movie tried to fool you, but he's not a good guy in the least because he comes off in the beginning that he's just enamored with this woman and would do anything for her, but not scummy stuff. Yeah. And he turns out to be a real bad person. Yeah, and she notices, but I mean, like he does, he lies, he makes her believe that. I mean, he gets physical too in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he even makes her believe that her fiance basically gambled her away. And no, it couldn't be farther from the truth. And then later on when she catches up or a, a little bit, he, he said, what? No, he doesn't owe me $65,000. It, it was only for 3000 and he gambled you. And, and so, I mean, like, she gets like, oh, what? But uh, I love James Caan. In this movie, I didn't like him one bit. You didn't like his character. I didn't like his acting. Really? I really. Did. I think he tried too hard. I don't know if it was the character or it was him. But I, I just don't think this kind of character suits him. Not not really. I didn't like him in the in the part. I, I think that was bad casting. Yeah. Yeah, see, I don't because I think he worked. He was portraying something and when he turns, you're like, Yeah. Well, I you're could right. see it coming where Robert Redford in the other one, you couldn't see him turning into a James Con and he doesn't in that movie. But I couldn't see, like, Robert Redford in this one. Yeah, you're right. He started to feel more natural, you could say, when he started being a scumbag. When well, he yes, was trying to be good. Well, like, he's trying to ugh. keep Cage away for as long as possible because yes. he wants to marry her. He wants yeah. her to be attached. Yeah, he, he wants his trophy. Right. And, and Nicolas Cage is not good for that. Yeah, yeah you're right, right. So, very quick lady phantom some technicals and i'll start uh, the sound is basically all elvis 
and people singing Elvis songs. Yeah. Like Bruce Springsteen and a whole slew of characters. I loved it. I mean, I grew up listening to Elvis because of my sister and my mother. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind hearing all these Elvis songs. Like, I truly like some of them, like Jailhouse Rock and Suspicious Mind. Some of these, well, a little will, less conversation. Like, some of them I really enjoy. They fit this movie. Well, I will tell you that even from the first time I saw this movie and now, I know most of these songs because of a Disney movie, which is called Lilo and Stitch which I love. It's a beautiful movie. But the point is that it's riddled with Elvis songs, sung by Elvis. So, like, that's why I knew all of these songs, because of a cartoon. All right. So what technicals do you want to talk about? <laughs> Nothing, really. I mean, the sound was cool. The movie itself is not a great Blu-ray. It's super, super grainy. But that's it. All right, it's that time. What's your rating and recommendation? My rating is a five. Wow. Actually, She's I... She's nuts. I mean, it's fun, but James Kahn's character really hurt it for me because I, I mean, I see your point. I know that it's the, the, the character. It's what he was supposed to do, but I really didn't like him in the part. Sarah Jessica Parker, her character, I thought she did 180s way too quickly she and i didn't did like that one 180 phantom i don't know it that's what i felt she was never romantically inclined with this guy never appeared it never really appeared caring she actually stated she would go along with it because she was hurt at the time of what he said she did but you knew she wouldn't go through with it because I, she that wasn't that type of person. She's a okay, school teacher. Fine. Still, it's not a so movie. So you're saying this is just an average everyday movie. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. You know, like I did chuckle and everything, but it's not like I laughed out loud or, or anything. I mean, no, this is not my kind of movie. All right. For me, this is an eight and a buy. Like Phantom said, the Blu-ray is terrible. This is one they did nothing to when they upconverted this to HD from film back in the day. I'm telling you to buy it, but you could really buy the DVD for a couple bucks and you'd be fine with this because it is a really crappy picture for the most part. There's some scenes when there's tons of light and they're zoomed up on faces that the grain seems to dissolve and you get a clearer image yeah but for the most part yeah the blu-ray is not worth it because this was a pretty expensive one if i'm not mistaken i think i paid a good 15 to 20 bucks wow for the really i think you should buy it i think you'd rewatch this it's really fun it's exciting and i do like these actors that was in it all the and way sarah around. jessica parker hmm. let's move on to our feature review Wow, we're digging deep 
on Movies in 4K. We're going back to 1946 with It's a Wonderful Life. A Christmas classic truly is. Rated PG runs two hours and ten minutes listed in three genres, Lady Phantom, Drama, Family, Fantasy. Yeah. Yes. You're keeping fantasy? Yeah. I thought I was going to be arguing with you with that. Not really. I mean, no. Only short scenes are really fantasy, but it is fantasy. Yeah, there's a very small part, but it's very important in the movie. So I would say, yeah. All right. Who directed this bad boy? Frank Capra. And the stars? James Stewart, Donna Reed, and Lionel Barrymore. Okay, this is one of only a handful of Christmas movie releases, I would say, and definitely the oldest. This is a staple in people's childhoods. If you're a certain age, I would say my age and up, 45 and up, seen this on TV a lot growing up, and if you're older than that, you know this movie. I don't know how well the newer generations would know this movie, Phantom. I suppose if the parents show it to them, they would know it. Me, personally, it's the first time I've ever seen it. Throw that synopsis out there, Phantom. An angel is sent from heaven to help a desperately frustrated businessman by showing him what life would have been like if he had never existed. I don't like that synopsis. It's, uh, I there, think it's a big spoiler. <laughs> it's not only a spoiler, but they're only covering maybe the last quarter of the movie. Yes. And that's not good. <laughs> yeah. I would say something like maybe an angel is shown the life of a person he is supposed to help. Yeah, something like that. To get like his that. wings. Because this movie starts with a bunch of people, kids, family, and friends praying. Mm-hmm. And then you see the camera pan with overlays up into the stars with lights and things flashing. Mm-hmm. And you hear three voices, basically. One of them's an angel that doesn't have wings. One does have wings. And the master voice in heaven wants the angel to help this guy, because he's a good guy, overcome his angst. His desperation. And then he can earn his wings. wings. But first, he has to be shown the life of this guy, so he actually knows who he's supposed to help. Right. So that's when it goes back in time, basically. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you get the story of George Bailey, who's played by James Stewart. Mm-hmm. And it starts when he's young. Twelve. And the actual one angel that is showing him this is going to pivotal points in this guy's life so that the other angel can help him learn, understand what this guy has gone through. Now, I want you, Lady Phantom, just to synopsize Maybe the first half of the movie, we're following this guy along this whole journey. But describe what's progressing in this, what type of man he is and what he's going through. The moral of the story, basically. Yeah, they are like snippets here and there throughout his life. The first one being when he's 12 and he has a little brother. Uh, They are playing in the, not lake, And he saves his brother from drowning in the frozen lake. 
then this kid goes to the place where he helps an old uh, drugstore man, a pharmacist. And he finds out via a telegram that he sees that the pharmacist's son died from the flu. And uh, he notices that the old man is so stricken with grief that he's making a mistake in the medications. And he lets him know. Thus, he saves someone from being poisoned. So that's important. Then it jumps ahead and he... Well, Phantom, I didn't want you to go scene by scene. I just wanted you to state, not to give away every important scene in well, this. What is this guy? What type of man is he? Who is he? Well, but that's story. where I was going. Like, he saves his brother, but then again, it's his brother, right? Uh, he prevents an old man from making a very lethal mistake. Then he is the kind of guy that will put his dreams on hold in order to help someone else. He is the kind of person that maybe he runs a business, but it's not for profit for him. Like he genuinely wants to help the people that he is supposed to yes, help. Yes, he's about the nicest and best guy, someone you'd want for a friend. Yeah, lively, nice. But Phantom hit it on the head there, and that's what I was looking for when I uh, told her to describe it is this guy is putting his own dreams on hold for other people because he feels it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. His family runs this little bank, basically, buildings and bank place that his father had started. He wants to go off to college. He wants to travel the world. He don't want to be stuck in this small little town. Yeah. He is smarter than that, bigger than that. He has, he has so many more dreams. dreams. And he's a go-getter type of guy that would do something. Mm -hmm. Now, his father does want him to take over this little bank. But he sees that George don't want it. And was all right with it. Well, there comes a point in this where he stays. Yeah, he, he puts has his to. stuff on hold. And also, I will. I want to say very quickly that he's a kind of guy that you immediately notice that people love him. Like he, one of the actually the first scene when we see him as an adult, he is wanting to buy a suitcase, and he's telling the the person that is selling him the kind of suitcase he he wants but then this person shows him the suitcase that he is that he wants to give him and it's perfect for him and even he he has his name and it's for free because people love this guy i mean you can you know that he has spent his life being nice and helping people yes and there's even a very small love triangle in this and he even wants to step away from that because he don't want to be in the middle of that so he puts his love interest on a back burner almost just to be morally correct like uh -huh. and he is resound up towards the end of this movie since he has helped everybody his whole life when something goes wrong and he needs help, like nobody can help him. And he's resound. He is beaten down. He is tired of it. They actually get this old rundown house. 
you know, this guy owns a business. He should be making more money, but they're actually living paycheck to paycheck because he's helping other people in the town get into houses that a normal bank wouldn't. And nice houses, by the way. Right. Actually building them for them. Yes. And loaning them the money and collateral for this stuff. And there's a bad banker and there's this guy that runs all the town. He wants to take over and he thinks he's silly. And there's big conflicts with that character, who's named Potter, by the way. I know. Yeah, yeah that's Drew Barrymore's grand uncle or something. So only thing I want to say now phantom with the story and then we can jump off into technicals and whatever you want to talk about is because it's mentioned in the little plot there the angel has to come down and help him and shows him he has a wonderful life Mm -hmm. the moral of the story because he thinks he always gets the short end of the stick and he should have more than everybody else basically like his mind is so convoluted because there's a major thing that happens where he can end up losing his business and his livelihood and family and everything yeah he's blinded i mean and seeing as it's there in the description of course he thinks this person that is telling him that he's an angel he thinks he's he's crazy but he ends up wishing he had never been born so he says okay let's show you what it would have been like if you had never been born and he sees that that i mean he doesn't know it but he has had a major impact in everyone's life. yes he's had an influence on pretty much everybody in this town yeah so lady phantom because this is such a Christmas time movie, I can say I hadn't seen this since I was a child. I've seen brief clips during the years, channel surfing or something, stopping, watching a little bit. I remember certain scenes in this, but for a Christmas movie, I'm going to tell you out there, people are probably going to be shocked. The only real Christmas feel to this movie is like the last 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, because it's the life of this guy. It's not like it happens all of it at Christmas time. No, but it is a feel-good movie how Definitely. it turns out. So it, I could see people saying, oh, this is a nice hearty movie mm-hmm. to watch this yeah. time of year. But at no means would I be stuck at just watching this at Christmas time. No. If this is one of your favorite movies. Yeah, this is an, uh, really an all-season movie. It's just very feel-good in general i mean yeah some of it happens at christmas but it's not like like the grinch how the grinch stole christmas that you that if it if it's not christmas it feels kind of odd (laughs) no it's not like this at all and we're saying it's feel good it's feel good in the end but outside of that it's not i want to touch on some negatives first here phantom okay there was some pretty poor cut scenes i noticed yes some of the editing was disastrous actually let me explain a few scenes to you you'll see somebody looking into a camera a character talking and then it goes to another camera angle and his whole face he's like looking a different direction talking that happened twice scenes like that yes and i was like wow that was a pretty bad cut like how did that make it now remember Mm -hmm. this is truly back in film when they actually had to cut film and paste it back together yeah so i mean 
And this, I would assume, is a huge budget film. This movie cost $3 million. Wow. Now, today's time, that's pitlins. But, I mean, we got tons of movies that ain't even made for that nowadays. Yeah. So, $3 million and 46. So, I call that pretty lackluster to have several jarring scenes like that. Yeah, and I noticed that, too, and I was like, wow, that was bad editing. <laughs> now, this is only because we're in the modern era the sound is very bad. <laughs> yeah. It's just very tinny. They say they did a 2.0 track here, some sort of remastering. And maybe they did clean up probably static. That probably would have been in the main mm -hmm. negative of this or something. But I mean, it sounds old and it's, you know, it's, I mean, that is to be expected. Yes. It is. But it's kind of disheartening when you've bought this movie in 20 different formats, you know, and you want something more. So I just yeah. got to put that out there. Um, what do you want to talk about? What what hit you? I mean, the acting was all very good. I would say at times I thought he wasn't believable all the time. Very few times he felt a tad overacting yeah i was gonna say that too overacting yeah a, a, a little bit the bad guy the barrymore guy he i don't know i mean and i found out later on imdb that he actually once played scrooge and i was like well yeah i mean he totally is a type <laughs> i mean he felt like a machiavellic bad guy like also not overacted but but too much of a square bad person and I don't know, maybe it's because in modern times, there are not many squarely bad people anymore. It's like they tend to make more rounded characters. But this guy, I mean, you barely see him and he's just evil. And well, I, he's ugh. in it quite a bit, I would say. Donna Reed was the best, in my opinion. Like, I yes. believed every time she was on scene with the kids and the little romance that's Such going a nice woman. Yeah, I really, really liked her. Also, there's one scene where you can see all the family. It's about when he when he's feeling bad, when he's feeling like like he is between a he's rock and a hard place. Uh-huh. And that family moment... It felt so real. And you were shocked. I seen your eyes like go big because he does like completely flip out. He loses it. He's at his wits end. Yeah. And, and uh, I, yeah. Because he's such a good guy and this one thing ain't going his way and he could lose it all. And he's like put his whole life on hold and helped everybody else. And he just comes to a breaking point. Yeah. And it's so hard to see. It was a great scene. It is, there. It, it, it's wonderful. And uh, it, it is really, really unfair because what happened is really not his fault or anybody near him. It's all the fault of the bad guy. He's just being evil. And, but and just like that, he even sticks up for his uncle in that scene, and it wasn't even something he did wrong. I know, and the poor uncle, the way he was crying, yes, it, it that broke was a good my scene heart. For the uncle too. It broke my heart. But then you see this guy who has never had a, a, a violent bone in his body. You see him react so violently towards his kids and his wife, and, and it scared me really like not in a horror movie sense it just 
it made me feel like a scared child somehow. It was weird. All right, I'm ready to rate this puppy. Okay. This is a solid movie. It's a movie you must see at least once. I'm going to put it at that. I'm glad I rewatched this because it's been since my childhood that I've seen it all the way through, probably even pre-teen years. But I do remember some scenes very vividly, like the angel and the scene that Phantom was talking about with the four kids because he's got four kids Mm -hmm. and they're all excited on Christmas Eve to see him. And, you know, this is at his lowest point. And Mm -hmm. um, the kids acting there, I want to say, was brilliant phenomenal especially the girl piano player yes like you totally buy this girl man like unbelievable so for me it's it's a solid movie it has faults it has some overacting by a couple of the leads i think it plays too long in certain scenes in this movie too some bad cuts and things like that So I'm going to give this a Mm 7.5. It's a solid movie. You don't have to watch it at Christmas. If this is your Christmas movie, I would really like you to respond on our guest book. Why? Maybe because it was always on around Christmas. This could have been one of them. Out of habit. I personally (laughs) don't remember this on just around Christmas when I was younger. That's probably when I did see it. You know, I remembered other things more than this, like all the cartoons and Frosty and Rudolph and stuff like that. But um, yeah, let us know if this is like a Christmas staple to you. But I feel like this movie can be watched anytime because the moral of the story is about this guy and it just so happens to be on Christmas. Now, there is a helping hand of townsfolk in this could have something a little bit more to do with christmas at Mm -hmm. the very end but um yeah 7.5 i'm gonna say rental i don't think you need to buy this movie like i probably won't watch this again i'm glad i seen it for a second time all the way through because it's a nice feel movie and you get to see some really interesting things in it and there's some like camera trickery going on here when the guy's disappearing and stuff so that was pretty cool for the time but randall 7.5 phantom well this was the very first time i saw it as i told you guys and i am really pleasantly surprised yes some of it felt very old school but i suppose it's to be expected right because it is an old movie But I had a lot of fun with it. It does play a little bit long in some parts. You need to keep up also to to see, because they they jump in time as this angel is is, uh, going through this guy's life. They do do jump in time and you need to understand certain stuff, but it's fine. I did chuckle quite a few times because, I mean, this sense of humor with the angels and heaven and everything, I I just loved it. Like when the guy is like, I need my wings, you know, people are starting to talk here. (laughs) I I liked it. And all the part where the angel is there is just so nice. That that guy played such a a good second-class angel because he doesn't have his wings yet. So it's really nice. I did cry because it's just, it's really heartfelt, especially 
the ending. Great ending to this. It is a very good ending. I did feel that the bad guy needed his comeuppance and he never got it. And I didn't like that. I mean, I understand that in life, unfortunately, many times the bad guys don't get their comeuppance. But here I needed to to see something. Just remember, Phantom what this guy had stopped remember what it would have looked like the city without oh, absolutely him. so yes. he really did yeah but, it, but no really. no i wanted to see him get his comeuppance after he did what he did to this guy which was the lowest of the low in this movie of course i wanted to to see something what anything and nothing happened and it frustrated me I think this movie is an eight, but I am also going to say rent it because it is long and it's the kind of movie that once you see it once, it's, it's like there's nothing else to see. There, There's no watching it again to find new stuff. Like it, it's, I don't think it's very rewatchable, but it's a beautiful movie. I really enjoyed it. Okay, this is only our second black and white 4K. We did The Elephant Man on a bonus show for one of our guests. And we did have a short clip in Van Helsing mm-hmm. that was in black and white, the opening 10-minute scene. Yeah, We have a little experience here with black and white. I was expecting worse. Well, Van Helsing was incredible. Even the black and white, like that oh, was modern. It, was it ain't going to get any better. The Elephant Man, we were surprised. It wasn't as good as we thought because there was grain and a lot of scenes there, but it did bring out the really deep blacks yeah. and shine some HDR. Now, we're going back 30-some years before Elephant Man, and what did you think, Finn? I think it's good. It's not better than The Elephant Man, but The Elephant Man is 1980. I mean, you can't compare it. It's 35, 34 years before. So that, that's a long time. I think it's good. I think it's good, but it's very grainy. Very. Yeah, I'm not going to say good. Uh, there's no doubt that this is better than what I originally seen it on. I mean, I actually seen this on a black and white TV. So <laughs> Yeah, it must have been super cloudy. You know, and, in the and 70s. And, you know, it's just got that faded appeal. Yeah. You know what tube TVs did back in the yeah, day? And, and remember, this is a four to three TV. So you got the bars on the left and right now with the widescreen yes. TV. And also back in my day, like growing up, I watched a ton of black and white movies in normal TVs. And I know, like, they look super fuzzy. Now, this one did look fuzzy at times, too, Phantom. Yes. And some out-of-focus scenes, too. Yes. And if you haven't heard, we haven't said this that much on the discs, but if things aren't in crystal clear focus, you really notice it in 4K, no matter what. And there was a couple scenes when there was, like, a three-way of them and it's like they were focused in between a couple of the characters and everybody was just a little blurry. Yeah. I noticed that a few times. So 4K highlights that if it wasn't in pitch perfect focus. Yeah. And also, you know what? I did notice toward the end. I don't exactly remember when, 
But I even said aloud, I don't know if you remember, I was like, oh, that, that is bad. Like you could see James Stewart and he was superimposed on some landscape that was obviously superimposed. It was not like he was right. there. So, and the 4K really brought that out. Like it, it looked fake. And that it, it's incredibly hard to see something this fake in a, in a, hard, in a black and white movie from this time. Because you normally see it fuzzy, but here it was so clear, and it was all because of the 4K. Yeah, I'm different than Phantom, though. There's no HDR here. I mean, it was satisfactory for the most part. I don't know what I was expecting with this old of a movie. I know what 2001 A Space Odyssey was, I think. you know, That was color in the 60s. Like I said, we did Elephant Man. But there was no popping here, and there no. really should be. The blacks were deep, but they're not like velvety, inky blacks like in modern day. I hear some of these terms some of these critics use. No. I mean, the gradations of all the different grays, it was fine. It's it was no, okay. It's nothing that I would, was impressed with in anything in this disc, to be honest. No, there was only the, I think the suit of one guy, the, the, it was a black suit that looked really nice, really black. But in general, it was, it was okay. Yeah, it was and okay. just because it's a little clearer that you ever seen it, might get a little darker in some scenes and a little brighter, that don't make it a good release to me. It yeah. really doesn't. The sound, it was bad. <laughs> I mean, I know it's an old movie and they cleaned up static and scratches probably. They're to be probably commended for something like that. But oh my God, no, 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 no. This is so unworthy, this this to me and the video mm-hmm. quality and all Did you notice in the, the when it was snowing, like the, the snow looked a little fake? Well, it was cornflakes. <laughs> Yeah, but but still, I mean, I don't know if they did anything to that. And it's but funny in, in because so, in one scene, it just it just looked fake. It's funny because they actually had to mute the mics or something. I read <laughs> when they were throwing the cornflakes out to appear like snow or something because they had to paint them white or whatever. I but imagine it didn't look so fake though phantom like i've seen it look faker actually no, it was only one scene that i remember that when it was snowing and for some reason i thought it felt incredibly fake but maybe it was just me i mean i don't know so i really don't have much else to say about this disc phantom i will say that we got the steel book that comes with the colorized version on blu-ray and I had asked Phantom right after this, which she would want to watch. And she said the black and white. Well, I would prefer to watch the actually kind of weirdish color that they added to it. But this release just is not worthy in the 4K format. It just shouldn't be on 4K. Yeah, it reminded me of colorized photographs. Like uh-huh. I, I've seen colorized photographs. Some of them are very good. But most of them have this quality but to them. But it was clear, though, the color. It was. It was, but I thought it was clearer in black and white. I, I mean, at, at least that's what I thought. Like, some of the colors, it's, I don't know, like, the hair colors, they looked 
unreal. Like I, I, I wasn't a fan of that. And I don't know because we didn't see that part colorized, but later on in the movie, they give him white hair in the sides of the, of the hair. I'm, I'm pretty sure that would have looked very bad in color. So I don't know. All right. What special features we got? All right. We have restoring a beloved classic in 4K, original cast party, home movies, and more. And these are on the 4K disc, at least here. The the Blu-ray has no special features. Yes, which is in reverse. Yeah, pretty unheard of. Yes. So here's the time. A lot of people are going to be interested in this movie, especially around Christmas time for... Probably next Christmas, because this is coming out a little too late to grab now if you're hearing this on uh, Christmas Eve. But what do you got, Phantom? What's your grade? Um, I think, consi- should I consider the year it was released? I don't know. It's it's just that it's Well, the really- year it was released was 2019. So. Well, that's true. That's true. But it's, the movie is really grainy. And the 4K does bring out serious flaws in the movie so i'm gonna say c minus unworthy okay i'm at a d straight up d unworthy by the dvd people like you can get it for a buck 50 on ebay get it used i mean unless you're a collector and need a keepsake the steelbook is really cool looking on this release and it's got a bright red binder that's kind of cool so if this is a favorite of yours i mean you're gonna notice differences you are but like phantom said you're gonna notice grain more you're gonna notice more flaws and it just is no hdr there's another one this is not a premium black and white release if you want to see the best black and white can look on 4k you got to watch van helsing yeah because there's none that's going to compete with that all right so that was our episode on christmas eve lady phantom now for an announcement don't go too far because we have another release coming out tomorrow on christmas yes and it is a bonus show, and it is a request, and it is a Christmas movie. Yeah, because that's our Christmas present from Movie Scene 4K, Bill Shetty and Lady Phantom, to you, our nice listeners. And we are so grateful today and always that you actually listen to us and, and leave us comments and everything. 